All right, today's daf is daf ayin aleph, page 71 of the Hilligan Mesechah Shubas, and we pick up from the very top line on the daf. Now let's remind ourselves of the Mishnah that we learned to start out our parak yesterday. We start yesterday, we were zeichel to begin the seventh parak, and we discussed a number of cases where couples make a vow, we're ta- dealing primarily with the husband, except for, as we're going to see, and as we saw, kind of, some of these vows is that the woman took the vow and the husband just didn't nullify it, so it's as if, you know, he's making the vow as well. But they made a vow forbidding benefit from the spouse. So if a husband has a vow, and the vow is that you're, the wife is not allowed to derive any sort of benefit from him, so the Tanakhama said in the Mishnah, Yamid Parnes, uh, up to 30 days, you set up a parnes, you set up somebody to support her, but anything longer than 30, 30 days, you're going to be obligated to give a ksuba. Rabbi Yehuda argued, Rabbi Yehuda said, well, by Yisrael, it's 30 days. By Akayan, it's not. So as far as the Yisrael is concerned, Rabbi Yehuda and the Tanakama are certainly in agreement, to which, which is going to be the Gemara's opening question. Again, the Tanakama is saying you have 30 days. Rabbi Yehuda says, 30 days for Yisrael. Says the Gemara, here we go. Hi, new Tanakama. Rabbi Yehuda's the Tanakama. They both agree that he saw you up to 30 days before the ob- obligatory divorce. On Rabbi, Rabbi says, You're right. Rabbi Yehuda's not arguing with Tanakama. However, he's, where is he coming with his Chiddush? For, the, for a situation of a Kayan. Over there, you're going to give two. You're going to give into the second month. Right? Why? Because he's never allowed to get her back. So he'll give some more time to try to find a Pesach, some sort of opening for the vow. So that is... Abaye's answer as to the difference between Rabbi Yehuda and the Tanakama, which is pretty straightforward. Rava Amar. However, Rava says, Chaydesh Mole, the Chaydesh Chaser, Ikabinayu. The difference is going to be between, it's going to be a 29 day month or a 30 day month. You hear? Because the Tanakama says up to 30 days. Rabbi Yehuda says, Chaydesh Echad. Well, what happens if you have a 29 day month? Because as we know, the Jewish month works, follows the lunar calendar. And the month, the lunar month, uh, begins every, the moon renews itself every 29 days, 12 hours, 44 minutes, and three and a half seconds. So according to that math, I, I was obviously a fifth grade teacher who taught Parshas Bay, the mitzvah of Rish Chodesh, right? So according to that reality that you have, again, 29 days, 12 hours, listen close, 29 days, 12 hours, plus 44 minutes and three and a half seconds, Memela... You're go- there's going to be a change in the size of months because the, the moon's going to renew itself 12 hours, 44 minutes, and three and a half seconds later, it's going to be, at, depending on the time of year and the time of day, it's going to be an additional day later or perhaps a little earlier, and hence the change in the months. Okay, fine. So that's the Nafkamina between Rabbi Yudin and Tanakama. Beautiful. Amarav. Rav says, Let's clarify what's happening over here with the husband making a vow that the wife cannot derive any sort of benefit. That is only true when we specified 30 days. That's where our Mishnah begins. That's where our Mishnah ends. Let's say there's just a vow taken. You will not derive any sort of benefit. For how long? Uh, unspoken. You know what the Allah is? By a Nazir, it's 30 days. Right? Over here, we're going to say, You need an immediate divorce. Immediate divorce. Well, well, that's Rav. Shmuel says, Even if it's Stam, if there's no specific date given, uh, he doesn't need a divorce right away. 
and we're going to say the 30-day setup. Why? Shema Yimtza Pesach Because perhaps he's going to find some sort of opening for his neder. And, uh, you know, he'll show some sort of regret. He'll go to a mumcha or to a bezdin of three, an expert who could do it individually, or a bezdin of three, and they will be able to uh, remove the vow, and maybe we want them to stay together. Fine. So that's the Machlaikas Rav and Shmuel. Again, our Mishnah says Rav, and Shmuel, says Rav is dealing with a specific amount of days. If it's Stam and no specific amount of days... Machloikas, what we're going to do. Rav says immediate divorce, Shmuel says no. Says the Gemara, let me tell you something. So this Machloikas, Rav and Shmuel, is nothing new. No major chidushim here. The trank is learned in the Mishnah. Madras, Tishtim, Tashmish Hamita. A person forbids his wife from having Tashmish Hamita. Having intercourse, marital relations with him. Okay? Now, notice there's no word benefit being used here. We'll see why this is important. He says, I'm making a vow that it's forbidden for my wife to have relations with me. You never saw that. So, guy. That's why. If you have seen him, you never well, Beishamai says, well, if that vow is taken up until, if you, if, up until 14 days, so then you could stay with her. What do you say, Rabbi, Rabbi Rabizki, shaking his head. You have 14 days. Well, what business does he have making a nether about her? He could say, I won't have Tashmish for two weeks or whatever, but my wife is not allowed to have Tashmish. My wife is not allowed to have Tashmish with me. But that's, that's a, he's making a nether about her. He's making a nether about her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gavaldic, Gavaldic. Hold on to your thought. Rabbi Ravinsky's asking. Rabbi Ravinsky's asking one second. Why isn't he saying, I'm forbidding myself from having relations with her? Okay, so as we're going to see, listen, as we're going to see, he, that, wouldn't be, that wouldn't be meaningful. If he were to say, I'm forbidden to have relations with my wife, it wouldn't work because he's being masna amashakosa batayra. But... But how can he He's trying to work it the other way, which the Gemara is going to have to clarify. So, so can he say, I, I, I'm not there, my, my wife, that she cannot go to Schnucks for two weeks? No, no, no. no. Got that makes no sense. Good, okay. So, Gavaldi. If we're bothered, then we're chapping. Let's get, let's get. So here we go. Bishamai says, if it's up to two weeks where he says no relations, you could stay together. Bisho Emrim, no. Shabbos Echas, up to one week. You're allowed to stay together. If he says, according to Basil, if he says, my wife's forbidden to have Tashmish with me for 12 days, according to Basil, you're obligated to divorce. According to Bishamah, you're not. Rav, and Rav says, Machlekes bin Mefarish, the Machlekes is where he said either a week or two weeks. Avobastam, let's say he just said, my wife is forbidden to have relations with me and doesn't give a, a, a specific date. We have an immediate divorce. This is the same opinion as Rav by us. Okay. And Shmuel says, No, even Stam, he doesn't need a divorce her. Maybe within that week or two that Pashami and Basil are giving, we're going to find some sort of way to remove the vow. Be it as it may, ask the Gemara, why does Rav and Shmuel need to have a redundant machoikas? Says the Gemara, I need both cases. They eat, Rav and Shmuel have to argue in both cases. The E, Itmar, Bahahi, if we would have only given this latter case, 
of where he says, my wife's forbidden to have relations with me, by Hikamarab, that's where Rav says, you have immediate divorce, Mishum Delayev Shabbat what are you going to do? Set up somebody in your place to have Tashmish with her? She's a married woman. She can't have Tashmish with anybody else. So that's not an option. So Rob's going to say, you got to divorce her immediately. What else are you going to do? There's an obligation of Aina, an obligation to one's wife to be together. You can't set up anybody else in your place. But in the case where you forbid benefit, it's okay. Don't have benefit from me. But can I have her benefit from somebody else? Yeah. I could set up. Uh, somebody to take care of her. I would say Rav agrees with Shmuel that you got more time. You don't need to divorce her. Maybe we'll find the Pesach. We'll find some sort of opening. And if you would have only spoken out the Machlechus Rav and Shmuel by the case of forbidding general benefit. So I would say that's where Shmuel says that you wait a week, uh, that you wait uh, a month. Why? Because you can set up something in your place so she can still be taken care of financially. I, it's not from the husband. Fine. He set up somebody else. He set up his friend. Avobahi, but by the case where he forbids marital relations. Maybe he'll agree with Rav. You've got to divorce her right away. Because you can't set up a Farnes. You can't set up anybody in this place. So you need immediate divorce. She has a right to walk away with a get. Therefore, Tzricha. Therefore, we need to mention both halachas. Uh, both be it as it may, we have a two, in, uh, consistent opinions of Rav and Shmuel. Rob says, if there's no specified amount of time, you give immediate divorce. Shmuel says, no, you have up until the amount of time that the Mishnah, uh, the Mishnah had given. Yeah, go ahead. So you have to pay with Kasuba also. Correct. Correct. Yeah. What happens if she's Muslim? We'll see. We'll see. Very good. All right. Tanam, we learned in the Mishnah. Hamadras Ishtay, a guy makes another about his wife. This was our Mishnah. You're not going to taste a specific fruit. No apples for you, lady. Our Mishnah said you got to get divorced right away. I'll say when you didn't say anything specific, so that's what we say. You got to get rid of her. Uh, you gotta, she could demand a divorce immediately. The other case uh, of the Mishnah, which is general uh, you know, prohibition of benefit, that's where he gave a specific time. He gave a month. So when he gave a month, we say, set up a farnes. But when he says by the fruit, you can't eat an apple, and he doesn't give a specific amount of time, so why do we say you got to get divorced right away? What's the answer? Because there's no specific time, according to Rav. When there's no specific time, you can't do that, have an ongoing prohibition for the rest of her life of eating apples. But according to Shmuel, what's, what's going on here? Listen to the question, it's beautiful. According to Shmuel, when a husband says, you're not allowed to derive any sort of benefit from me, you don't need a divorce right away. What do you do? You wait until a month or two months. And if you don't, and if within that amount of time you don't remove the vow, so then you got to divorce her. But then the Mishnah says, if he makes a vow about his wife, she cannot eat an apple. And he doesn't give a specific term. What does the Mishnah say? Divorce right away. Why? What's with the divorce? Why in the first case do you, do you give time to find the Pesach, some sort of opening to remove the vow? But over here we're demanding an immediate divorce. What's going on? According to Ravi, always demands immediate divorces. So we get it. According to Shmuel, what's the deal? What's the case over here? Ready? And this gets back to our Mishnah beginning of the Perak. Menachem touched on this. And that is, ready? Says the Gemara like this. Really the case in our Mishnah is where she made the vow. 
She was the one who said, I will not eat an apple. V'kiyam la'ihu. And he didn't nullify it. Okay? So where she makes the vow and he doesn't nullify it, what happens in such a scenario? Huh? Is she going to try to... Right. Is she going to try to remove the nether at all? No. She wanted it. He's here. He's the one establishing it. But what's happening here is, is there any reason to wait for a Pesach? No. What are you going to try to do? Remove it? She wants it. He wants it. Says the Gemara, the Kasaba Rav Meir, and what Rav Meir is holding is, Rav Meir holds, who naisein etzba bin neho. He is the one sticking his finger between her teeth. What does that mean? You ever stick your finger between somebody's teeth? Your right? Yeah. If you, I, I do this with my kids sometimes. It's a joke. It's, it's a game that my kids like to play until my wife screams at everybody because they didn't wash their hands, right? But uh, what you do, you, stick, you put your finger near the baby's, uh, the, the eight-month-old's mouth, and then he bites, right? And he says, ah! Gives like a, the baby gives like a little ah, like a little uh, bite over there, right? So he stuck his finger between her mouth. What does that mean? He asked for a bite. So since he asked for a bite, by not removing, by not nullifying the vow in 24 hours, you know what the wife can do? The wife can say, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. You didn't nullify this, so you stuck your finger in my teeth. Says the Gemara, one second. And listen to this, listen to this logic. This is Gewalt. Chevra, it's Gewalt. This is a major message in relationships. The Savar of Meir, who nice and Esabesh, you know, does a mayor agree with this idea that it's a taina against him. It's a claim against him because he stuck his finger between her teeth. A woman makes a vow that she's becoming a Nazira. Okay? I'm a Nazira. The husband hears that his wife's becoming a Nazira. He doesn't say anything. Rav Meir of Yudah, Rav Meir of says, She stuck her finger between her teeth, meaning it's her own fault for any issues that there's going to cause. No wine in the house. Not let it cut her hair, right? Any issues, this is her problem. Therefore, if the husband wanted to nullify it, he could have. In other words, within the initial 24 hours. However, but listen to this. But if he said, I don't want a wife who makes nedarim like this, he could divorce her and she'll lose her ksuva. She'll lose her ksuva. He doesn't want a woman who's going around swearing and making vows and, and machin chayzik with their relationship and saying things that are getting in the way of their relationship. Rabbi Yaisi, that's Rabbi Meir and Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yaisi, Rabbi Lazar, Aymer. Rabbi Yaisi and Rabbi Lazar say, who nice and esra ben No, it's not her fault, it's his fault. He should have nullified it in the 24 hours that he had. Lefikach, therefore, he could have nullified it, he didn't. So now he's going to go and say, I don't want a wife who takes vows. You're going to take her away, her ksuba? The bottom line is that you see Shitas Remeir, the pin of Meir is that we, we say that it's, she's the one responsible. The, the problem is, what did we just say before? Rev Meir holds, who naisein etzba bein sheneha? It was his fault. While in the, in the brisa we just quoted, Rev Meir puts the onus on her. Says the Gemara, you're right. That's going to end up being contradiction in the Shittas Rav Meir. And therefore, switch around the brisa. Eight book, switch it around. 
And really, Rav Meir, Rav Yehuda, I'm Rav Huna, he's saying, that's Bab and Shnel, Rav Meir, Rav Yehuda, Rav Meir's consistent, says Gemara, you're right, that wouldn't make sense. It's Rav Meir who says that it's his fault, he stuck his finger between her teeth, he got a bite because he could have nullified it, and he didn't. While Rabbi Yaisi and Rabbi Lazar are the ones who say that it's on her. The onus is on her, hence she's not going to get a ksuba. What are you making a vow like that for? I don't want a woman who's making a vow. So give her a get and she loses her ksuba. That's Rabbi Yaisi now. So Rabbi Meir says she gets her ksuba, it's on him. Rabbi Yaisi says no ksuba, it's on her. Says the Gemara, the Savar Rabbi Yaisi, he nasna. Does Rabbi Yaisi really hold that the onus is on her? But Rambo learned in a Mishnah. Rabbi Yaisi, I'm here at the end of our Mishnah. Daf Ayin Amad Aleph. Rabbi Yaisi says, Ba'aniyos shalai nosan kitzvah. If let's say you have a poor woman and there's a vow that she's not allowed to wear perfume, if there's no set time, yeah? So he said, the halacha is, the, she made the vow, the husband didn't nullify the vow, but Rabbi Yaisi is saying that uh, you get divorced right away. So Rabbi Yaisi must hold that he's the one sticking his finger in her mouth instead of Rabbi Yaisi holding she's biting her own finger. Hmm. If you're, by helping Rabbi Meir's opinion be consistent, you're now turning Rabbi Yaisi on his head and now that also needs to be answered. So now we got a problem. Either we have a contradiction in Rabbi Meir or we have a contradiction in Rabbi Yaisi. So what are we going to do about this? What are we going to do? Says the Gemara Gavaldic. Listen to this. Ema say, Rav Meir v'Rav Yaisi Aymrim. Rav Meir and Rav Yaisi. Instead of saying Rav Meir and Rav Yehuda and Rav Yaisi and Rav Lazar, we're now going to put Rav Meir and Rav Yaisi together. Rav Meir v'Rav... Uh, lost the place, I'm sorry. Rav Meir v'Rav Yaisi Aymrim. Who nice ain't? He's the, it's, it's his fault. He stuck his finger between her teeth and he got a bite. Rav Yehuda v'Rav Lazar Aymrim. He nasna. Fine. Says Gemara, fine. Okay, so now you wiggled and you helped out Rav Meir and Rav Yaisi. But guess what you just did? You caused a problem with Rabbi Yehuda. Because according to, if you're putting Rav Meir and Rav Yaisi together to say that the onus is on him, Rav Yehuda must be the one to say the onus is on her. But does that make sense? Vesava Rav Yehuda, he nasna. Does Rav Yehuda all that she's the one who bit her own finger and the onus is on her? About time we learned in the Mishnah. Rav Yehuda, Rav Yehuda says, Be Yisrael, yoyim echad yikayim. By Yisrael, if it's one day, yikayim, then he's allowed to keep her as a wife. Okay. Now, this is talking about the case of the fruit. Right? Where he forbids a specific type of fruit. So it's up to one day, he can keep her. Okayim, two days. Now, Rabbi Yehuda says that you're obligated to divorce her and you're going to be obligated to give her a ksuba. It's cheaper so, and cheaper. So once, be it as it may, if he's obligated to give her a ksuba, that means he's sticking his finger between her teeth. And you can't say that Rabbi Yehuda is the one who's of the opinion that she loses her ksuba because he clearly says in our Mishnah, you don't lose your ksuba and, and the onus is on him. So by helping Rabbi and Rabbi Yehuda, we're causing contradiction now in Rabbi Yehuda. Fine. So says the Gemara, fine. Ema, rather, let's give a new answer. You ready? Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yehuda, and Rabbi Yaisi, I'm Rabbi Let's add three to the team now. And it's Rabbi Yaisi, and it's Rabbi Lazar alone against the three. We thought it was two versus two. Thought it was a two on two. Now we're saying, no, three of them hold that it's on her. Uh, that, it's on, that it's on him, I'm sorry. That he's sticking his finger in her mouth. Onus is on him. And Rabbi Lazar is saying, he nasna. Fine. That's fine with us. The Gemara is not bothered by that. It says the Gemara, by the way, 
You could even give an answer by saying that it was a two on two. How so? Ema, Reb Meir, Reb Lazar, Aymrim, Hinasna. You could say Reb Meir and Reb Lazar hold that it's on her, and Reb Yehuda, Reb Yesi, Aymrim, Hu, Naisain. I, how's that possible? Didn't we just say that Reb Yesi, Reb Yehuda say that it was Hu, Naisain, and Reb Meir? Says the Gemara of Astamad, like Reb Meir. And the Tanakama of our Mishnah is not following the opinion of Meir. We thought Tanakama generally is Reb Meir. So now we're saying that maybe it was a Stam Mishnah, so maybe it was a, maybe Taka wasn't Reb Meir, and, uh, and hence, we, we, there's, it's the Tanakama and, uh, and Rebbe Ali, Rebbe, Rebbe Meir and Rebbe Lazar are still going to hold he Nasna, and the Tanakama who says who Naisain is going to be followed, that's who's following the opinion of Rebbe Yehuda and Rebbe Yaisi. Okay. Beautiful. Says the Gemara Vaita. The Savar Rabbi Yaisi Baniyah Shalai Nasan Kitzva. Does Rabbi Yaisi really hold that if let's say she's an Aniyah, let's say she's poor, and there's no set time, Alma Bal Matzi Mefer, does that mean that a husband is able to nullify a vow that a wife makes about her perfume? Right? The wife made a vow that she's not going to put on perfume. He doesn't nullify it. So now we got a problem. We got a problem. He's got to divorce his wife because he didn't nullify it. Says the Gemara, does your base really hold that? One second. There are minu, but I'll ask contradiction. Four lines to the bottom of Ainal from Aleph. Elo, Devarim, Shabal, Mefer, Devarim. The following things a husband is able to nullify. Now, a husband cannot nullify any vow. A husband's allowed to nullify vows, as we're about to see now, that impact him. If it's a vow that doesn't impact him, you can't just nullify. You don't own your wife. Oh. A, wa- oh, yeah. a wife makes a vow that she's not going to eat Cheerios for the next month. What does it impact him? No, no shaykhs. Yeah, he can't nullify it. Huh? Different from the fruit. Oh, 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 okay. Maybe it's his favorite fruit that he wants around the house. All right. But here we go. So here we go. The following things, the husband is allowed to be made for. Is allowed to nullify. That's his job. What to nullify he vows? To, yeah, he has to do what's in her basket. <laughs> he has to do what's in her basket interest. Okay, but That's she's also an adult. So if it doesn't impact, he, <laughs> what right does he have to change something that she's doing? So here we go. Ilvon Shabal Mefer. Devarim sheyesh bahem inoy nefesh. The things he's allowed to nullify are things that have inoy nefesh. You hear? If let's say the wife takes any sort of vow that causes her discomfort, the husband suffers when she's uncomfortable. Okay? So that is allowed to be nullified. Gavaldik. Im erchatz, im erchatz. So... She makes a vow, if I bathe, I forbid this. If I don't bathe, I forbid this. Im if I put on perfume, I forbid it. I don't put on perfume. These types of things, a husband's allowed to nullify. Um, and Rabbi says, No, that's not considered inu nefesh. I'll tell you what it is. She says, I'm not eating meat. I'm not going to drink any wine. I'm not going to put on perfume. I'm sorry. I'm not going to hear it's referring to wearing big dates of Einim. Big dates of Einim 
is um, Rashi says colored garments Gnai ubizaya and hula umesgane olav. Yeah, she's gonna wear clothing that just doesn't look good on her. Yeah, or it's like it's strange, it's weird, it's off. Umesgane um, olav, and he doesn't like it when she wears these things. He's like, you just it, it's strange. Okay, so according to Rabbi Yaisi, when um, when uh, she says I'm gonna make a vow about my perfume. That's not going to be considered uh, something that the husband is allowed to nullify. So now we got a problem. Because in our Mishnah, we gave a case where she made a vow about perfume. Rebbeisi says, oh, but, 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 but. I got rid of this right away. One day, two days, yeah. And now we're saying Rebbeisi doesn't consider that to be anything that he's even allowed to nullify. Okay. goes back to how we explained when we started the parak, And that is, what was perfume back then? Was what was perfume? That, it, it, it was to cover up body odor. And, and it, uh, it really was very important for people within their physical relationship. Okay? And therefore, when, it was a ty- when it's a situation where it's a type of perfume that, uh, that has to do with physical intimacy, so that type of vow he's uh, certainly allowed and should be nullifying. Okay. However, let's say it's just different smell of your perfume, uh, deodorant, uh, body, whatever. So then those types of things, we say, listen, she wants her hair to smell like strawberry. Fine. It makes sense according to the opinion that says that things that enter their relationship, those types of things, the husband's allowed to nullify. According to, uh, there's an opinion that a husband's not allowed to nullify those things either. Michael, what are you going to say? Marcos, we learned, there's an opinion that a husband's not allowed to nullify these things. Things that come in between him and her. The husband's allowed to nullify. However, says he's not allowed to nullify these things. Why? You do not find a fox that dies in its own hole. Okay, so he says, he says over here. Huh? So what does that mean? Good question. So what it means like this. He says that practically speaking, practically speaking, if you have something which is really going to harm a relationship, a husband nullifies it. But over here we're dealing with perfume. Okay. Now what's perfume? It's something that leads to intimacy. He says. At a certain point, you'll, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You as a couple will figure out a way how to be together with a different standard of hygiene. You'll figure out another way how it's going to work for you. Maybe she'll take a bath more often. Maybe she'll, maybe she'll remove some hairs from her body so that it'll, you won't have the same issues. And therefore, says Ravada Barava, you can't say that there's an automatic interference with intimacy. A fox doesn't die from its own hole. In other words, you cover her together. She says, she says no perfume. You that, that's, not between, that's not something that has to interfere. You can find other ways to intimacy around it. All right? So says the Gemara. Ella, rather, what are we dealing with over here? Now, the reason why we need to find a new answer is because we said that the perfume is Dvarm Shabinoi Leveina, to which we just said fine, but there's an opinion that it's not between the two of them. So, according to that opinion, what's going to be, uh, how, how are we going to explain it? So, the Gemara says, for example, 
Ditalinhu, she hung Likishuteha, her perfume, or let, let's just translate Kishut as things that bring attraction between the two of them, Bitashmeshamita. She connected things that bring attachment to couples to the intimacy, meaning the Umrah that she said, the Umrah she said, Ye Oser, I am forbidding Hanoas. Important word. The the benefit, the pleasure, the enjoyment, Tashmishcha of you, my husband, I'm forbidding to receive I'm forbidding myself to receive pleasure of Tashmish. A lie on me, if I take care of my beauty. If I take care of my perfume and anything else that could get in the way of intimacy. So now, is she saying anything specifically about, about the adornments? No. Anything specifically about the Tashmish? No. But she's connecting the two. And she's saying, it's forbidden for me to have any pleasure if I do take care of all this. So we say, oh, a husband should nullify it. Because her saying, I'm not going to enjoy it, she's allowed to say that. She can say, she can't forbid herself to have relations, but she can make it dependent on something. And now he doesn't nullify it. Doesn't nullify. Okay? So it's his problem. Says, a wife says, I am forbidding you to enjoy having relations with me. What do you say? Like That's ridiculous. Marriage. I'm a wife. I'm forbidding you to have enjoyment. You, you can't forbid me to have enjoyment. That's not how another works. I can forbid me. You can't forbid me to have enjoyment. Mm-hmm. So we say, I get in dug. Yeah, it doesn't matter what you say. They keep going. But if she says, you, I'm, for, uh, I'm forbidding benefit of you having relations on me. So she's not pro- putting the prohibition on him. She can't put a prohibition on him. Putting the prohibition on herself. Right? She says, it's forbidden for me to have benefit from your Tashmish. So then the halacha is Yafer. He's obligated to nullify it. Because that's impossible. Because it, okay, but it's still effective because I mean, she put she, it on herself. She could, no, I'm saying she could say it, but the thing is that, that, that she's going to have the Hanaya. Fine, but she's putting it on herself. So it's an effective vow. So he has to nullify it. Why does he have to nullify it? Because you can't feed something to somebody that's forbidden for them to eat. So too over here with Tashmish. Says the Gemara, One second, let's look at our original phrase. She says, it's going to be forbidden for us to have relations if I use kishut. If I put on this perfume, I take care of, you know, t- take care of my hygiene that affect intimacy. Fine. Says Gemara, tell her to not take care of those things and just go and have relations. There you go. Says Gemara, no. Imkain Doesn't take care of that, so she's going to be called a minuvelis. All right. It's a minuvelis. You can't do that. You call minuvelis. That's a you, you're not taking care of your hygiene, and there's a responsibility for couples to be to be. She's a low life. What does it mean, minuvelis? Yeah. A low life no, it's it's the former, the the the, uh, the the latter. What you just said. A low life. Yeah. 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 It's considered uh, whatever it is. I don't know how you want to pr- I don't know how you're phrasing it. 
But be it as it may, it's considered something that's getting in the way of the relationship. That's all that matters. Something's in the way of the relationship, the husband has a wife to nullify it. Says the Gemara, fine. So why don't we just say, Vitiskashet. If she said it and he didn't nullify the vow, so let her take care of her kisha, let her, ta- let her uh, do these things, put on her perfume and whatever. Vite aser. And though they're not going to be allowed to have relations with each other. And Ila Beishamai Shtei Shabbosos. So Beishamai will say you need to be divorced in two weeks. Ila Beishamai will say two weeks. And Beishamai will say two weeks. Why are we saying in our Mishnah that you have, that, that you got to get divorced? Immediately. She give one week or two weeks. Because the issue ultimately here is Tashmish. Says the Gemara, listen to this. Chavra, listen closely. Listen, listen closely. This is why... Text messages are so dangerous. This halacha that we that uh, we say that if something's going to get in the way of their relationship, they have time before divorce to see if we could nullify this. That is when the husband made the neder. Listen to this. Why? This savra, you know what's going on in her mind? He's just an impulsive angry dude. Mersach rosach ilave. He's upset at me. He'll chill out by tomorrow. And then he'll calm down tomorrow. I don't need him to divorce me right now. I know guys. He's upset at me and he's like, yeah, we're not going to have relations. We're not going to No, fine. So he made a vow. So then we say, you don't need a divorce right away. Take your time. But what was our case? Hevra. Who made the vow? Ah, oh. she made the vow. and he was silent to her. Was he angry? No. No. So what's going on in her mind? This is the text message problem. Svara, she's thinking. Why is my husband quiet? You know, you know what our wives are thinking while we're quiet. They're thinking a million things, and we're thinking nothing. Svara, <laughs> from the fact that he's quiet, misnahu. He really, really hates me Constantly See, if he's showing emotion Alright, emotions come, emotions go But if he's not showing any emotion I need to be divorced right now This is a permanent thing Now, is it really true? Is he really angry? No, but it doesn't matter As far as she's concerned That's what she's hearing by him Not nullifying it right away Oh, vice versa must be He always hates me And he's always in on this And therefore the nether has has a, a, a crazy effect. And this is part of the issue of, of uh, what you could have with text messages and things of that sort, where if you don't have the tone, if you don't have the tone and, and you don't have conversation, it's going to lead to a lot of misconceptions and a lot of machlaikas, which means better to get into a fight with somebody else than to ignore each other and everyone thinks they know the whole story. I know what you're, th- I think I know what you're thinking, you think I know, you think you know what I'm thinking and everybody is building up because we're giving each other a cold shoulder. You know what? Just sit down and scream at each other. At least you know what each other's thinking. How about you have a chance? You have a chance for machlekes. You, you have a chance to, 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 to free it up. I'm not saying therapist? to be in a machlek. Huh? Are you a marriage therapist? No. Because I don't know if marriage therapist would say that. I'm not a therapist. That's what the is telling it's, us. It's true. It's, it's, you want to say you got you to talk. If the husband and wife are yelling and screaming at each other, there's a chance to save the marriage. If they sit quietly and ignore each other, 
Because why? Because the, the, their minds are just building up, uh, building up palaces of things that don't really exist, and you're never going to come together. Tell my wife, I've been doing the right thing for all these uh-huh. years, and she's been doing the wrong thing. There you go. She's quiet. I don't recommend that. All right, here we go. Here we go. Be it as it may, says the Mishnah I'm not saying to fight. You know what I mean over here. <laughs> what we're saying is, if you're not gonna, if you're gonna disagree, speak it out instead of ignoring. That's all I'm saying. That's that's really what the svar of the Gemara is giving. If she's poor and there's no specific amount of time given for the the neder, so v'kama kitzva. How much is considered a specific amount of time? Okay. Again, we said if she's poor, she didn't usually put on perfume. They couldn't afford such things. So then he divorces her if he didn't make a time limit. Says Gemara, what would be a, a time limit? So Amar of Yehuda Amar Shmuel Shnei Maser Chaydish. This is amazing. It's you really have up to twelve months. Yeah, a woman who's poor. Would be willing to not take care of her, of her um, t- aroma, aroma, tashmish needs uh, once every twelve months. Now, perfume, perfume over here. Keep in mind, we're we're using this expression as overall things that are going to interfere with having intimacy. Not having, okay? Yeah, are going to interfere with having intimacy. Okay, so. And you could go up to a year where you need you need a refresh. You need a refresh. That's a, a poor woman. Rabbi 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 she wants to stay married. Right? That's what we're saying. No, or maybe not. No, maybe she, want, she wants. Or she wants a divorce. She wants out. You know why will she put up with it longer? Why would a poor woman put up with it longer than the rich woman? She would. Right? Why? She would because d- different standards. You could have a woman who goes and gets her nails done every day, right. or a woman who goes once a week, or a woman who goes before the Shalish Regalim, or a woman who goes uh, Yom Kippur to get her nails done. I don't know, right? Just different, just different standards and different, different needs for different people. That's it. So a poor person, we're giving the standard. Once a year. Rabbi Rechan Amar Aviechanan, Esr Shonim, 10 years. Chist Amar Avimi, Regal, one Yomtif, Shekain, Benais Yisro, Meskashtep Regal. It's proper. For a, for a Jewish woman to make herself all nice before the covered yomtif, before each yomtif, which puts an onus, by the way, on anybody who's who's zocha to be a parent or anybody zocha to be a husband, it's um, you know it puts a responsibility to on us. The Gemara here is telling us that before yom Taivim is a time for women to feel good, to feel special, to feel pampered and taken care of. What about okay. yom tevila? Uba. Also, Isn't she but, on yom, yom, uh, to, to what? To, to, to get fixed up or whatever. No, you call it. because there's different standards. Different standards. Uba Ashiros Shloishim Yom. And if she's wealthy, it's 30 days. Why 30 days? Yeah, maybe she's really high maintenance. Maybe she's really high maintenance. Who made up the 30 days? The way it was is that when women would. Even wealthy women, when they would take care of their bodily uh, needs for intimacy, whatever they had done, whether it was some sort of uh, removal of hair, whether it was some sort of perfume, whether it was that, so that was that would last in a quality way for up to thirty days. Okay, fine. 
Says the Mishnah Viter, here we go. Hamadir a person who makes a neder about his wife. I mean, you're never going back to your father's house. It is. He doesn't, he doesn't want her going to his in-laws. So if the in-laws live in the same city, if it's up to a month, they could stay married. Shnayim into the second month, what are you doing saying that? It's unfair. She could demand a divorce and he's going to have to pay her a ksuba. Let's say they live out of town. What's considered out of town? From wherever you grew up in, right? Outside of Brooklyn. Outside of Brooklyn, yeah. Other side of the Hudson. So let's say they live in a different city, the in-laws. So then, regal echad if it's up to one yamtif. Yeah, there's sources why young couples go back to their parents over here. So, regal echad yikayim. if it's longer than three yamtivim, to not go a year, or three yamtivim, doesn't necessarily need to be a year. Three yamtivim, without seeing one's parents in the interim, whether it's for Yom Tif, whether it's not, but it's not seeing one's parents in the interim, then the halacha is Yaitzev eating suba. He's obligated to divorce her and give her a suba. You're not allowed to, it's unfair to one's wife to separate her from her family in that way. A guy says to his wife, you can never step foot into a wedding or a, or a uh, shiva home. Yeah. Yaitzev eating suba. Because means it's like you're locking her up. You have no right. A husband has no right. A spouse has no right to lock up their significant other from experiencing life and life cycles with friends and family. If he says, I'm making this vow because of Dabar Acher, we'll see what Dabar Acher is. So th- you can't go to a wedding or shivah because Dabar Acher? That's fine. Rashai. Rashai, he doesn't need a divorce. Fine. See what that is. Omar Allah. He says, I am making a vow about you that you're forbidden. Um, and this is conditional. You tell that person, Masha Amritli, what you said to me. So a wife says something to a husband, and a husband gets very upset, and he makes some sort of vow where he says, Well, uh, I'm going to forbid this on you on condition that you tell uh, your, your friend. It's conditional. Masha or not that you told me, but I told you. Or, we'll see what this means also, he says it's going to be conditional on you filling up and taking out the garbage. See what that means as well. In all these cases, she goes out and gives a ksuva. That's very vague. We'll have to wait for the Gemara to clarify that. But here we go. Says the Gemara, to wrap this up, we're going to have a couple of uh, a quick explanation and a couple of quick ma'isalach. And we'll get to the two dots on the bottom of the daf. Says the Mishnah says it's a walking contradiction because the Mishnah said, if it's up to one Yom Tif, then you're allowed to stay together. What does it mean? What about if two Yom Tif? What if, the, what if it was two Yom Tif? You're not allowed to see your father for two Yom Tif. Do you, do you got to get divorced? Yeah, it seems yeah. 
But then we said, if it's three, then if it's two, then you can keep it. So the diok is a contradiction. The safe is going for a kahenes, which we give more time, we give an extra yomtif, because again, we don't want to bring a divorce too fast because now they'll be back together. And it's following the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda and our Mishnah who makes a discrepancy between a Yisrael and a Kohen. Rabbi Barulam, Rabbi says, like Kasha, Ha, Bir, Redufa. There's t- different types of women. Some women run back to their parents. They're very, very close-knit with their family. It's very meaningful to them to be with their family for yamtifs. If you say more than one yamtif and she's a redufa, then she could demand a ksuva. Kan bisha ain't a redufa. Where do you have up to two yamtif from that? If she's not, she does, she's not the, needy to, the needy to be with the family types, then we'll give uh, that extra yamtif. Says the Gemara, by the way, this, this, me- this message of running back to your old man, wanting to be close to your old man, says the Gemara, is a beautiful euphemism? Uh, is that the word? Yes, Analogy? Yes. Mushal? Yes. For us, Klal Yisrael, running back to their Banishla. Says the Pasuk in Shir Hashirim, I became in his eyes like a Maitzei Sholem. We know in Shir Hashirim we refer to Klal Yisrael as husband and wife. So we say, I've become, Klal Yisrael says, I've become in the eyes of my husband, of the Rabbani Shalom, somebody who is complete. Amr of Yechanan, Rabbi Yechanan says, It's like a young married woman who's getting along very well with her in-laws. She's, she's adapting beautifully into the other family. So she runs to tell Ulahagid stories, Shivcha, that are praiseworthy to her Bevesavia in her own father's home. She's getting along so well unexpectedly in her in-laws' homes, so she's always running back to her father to share with excitement. Ah, I was zaycha to have another family that's taken me in so nicely. It's going to be on that day. Hashem says, you're going to call me my husband, you're not going to call me my master. Referring to a relationship, at some, sometimes HaKadosh Baruch is our master. It's going to come a day where HaKadosh Baruch is going to be called our husband. Like a kala in her father-in-law's house. And not like a kala in her father's house. What does it mean, a kala in her father's house, a father and a kala in her father-in-law's house? So you could have a kala in her father's house. That's talking about Arison. She hasn't yet moved in with her husband. So there's a relationship. She's married, but it's still a little awkward. You ever see people's... Uh, 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 um, uh, engagement pictures, right? We're so excited. We love each other so much. That's why we're standing 10 feet apart with a big thing of flowers in between us, smiling at the camera. Because it's still a little awkward. We only went out on six dates and we don't know each other so well, right? So, okay, fine. So you're, you're engaged in Shalom Al Yisrael. It's very nice. But that's the Arison stage. But then you have the Nesuin. The Nesuin is where she's moving in to the other family. She's moved in with her husband, and that is a much more comfortable type of relationship. HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, listen, right now our relationship might look like Arison, where we're okay. That's the early stages, but ultimately, Bez Hashem, we're going to be Zeicheh to reach a stage of Nesuim, where we're mamish living together with comfort. We'll hold it here for this evening. Have a wonderful, wonderful Erev Shabbos, everybody. All right, let's talk about time for tomorrow.